what's going on man welcome back to the basement and this shit might as well be a dungeon at this point i'm it's, we're not even 30 seconds into the video i am already sweating bullets at this point there is no ac in the stewart household at least in the basement so we're in the cellar today where the hot takes live and we're going to talk about some redraft fantasy football it's finally redraft season i like the dynasty stuff i've been putting on the channel but redraft is nostalgic it's my first love in fantasy football and expect more videos on redraft expect more content expect more videos overall on this channel we're gonna be kicking it into high gear this summer but you know what else has been super hot this fantasy season underdog fantasy football that's why if you sign up today you can use my promo code psych a lot i'm still not sponsored by underdog i love to play them we're 50 we're 50 fucking drafts deep on underdog fantasy waiting for a sponsorship give me a promo code give me something I i've reached out i've dm two guys over at underdog still waiting on that sponsorship but today we're gonna be talking about the three running backs that i cannot stop drafting in underdog fantasy let's go thirsty thirsty trying to choose i mean i know i'm before I get into the video, man, if you're fucking with the content at any point in time during these next 10, 15, 20 minutes, who knows how long this video is going to be, make sure you go down below, subscribe, and leave a like. The channel has been growing like crazy, fellas. I love every single one of you guys. You guys are savages. You guys are really out here in these YouTube streets helping your boy out. But today, we're going to be talking about Austin Eckler, LA Chargers running back with an ADP of about 14 in underdog drafts. You can get him at that one-two turn as RB11. I'm tired of not believing in Austin Eckler. I've always made excuses about this man. You know, he's too short. He's too small. Melvin Gordon's going to be stealing his lunch money every day. Tyrod Taylor's a rushing quarterback. He's not going to target the running back. Or his efficiency is going to run out at some point. He can't keep on. He can't keep getting away with it. But nah, dude's just a monster. He's up there with Stone Cold Steve Austin as one of the coldest bald boys to ever do it. If there's a year to fall head over heels for Austin Eckler, it's 2021. Again, I'm not sure about what the ranks are going to be. I'm thinking he's going to be a top 8 to 10 not even just running back, but maybe just overall player for me. I'm that high on Austin Eckler this year. I'm at a full two inches, full shrimp mode, just thinking about this offense in 2021. Justin Herbert's going to be in that second year. Those second year quarterbacks, they ascend. Justin Herbert is like the greatest rookie quarterback we've ever seen. We could see a Mahomes type ascension, Lamar Jackson type ascension. Justin Herbert is a legit MVP candidate. and He's going to carry this offense forward. They just got a new OC, Joe Lombardi, last name Lombardi, Maybe, you know, maybe he's like one of the great ones. You know, he's been sitting the last four years of his career with front row seats to Sean Payton in the Alvin Kamara show. We're thinking maybe that shows up with Austin Eckler. He's a pass happy guy. He led the league or he was, he didn't lead the league. He was six in pass play percentage in neutral game scripts as the OC for the Lions. Neutral game scripts means that they're not passing the ball because they're down. They're not passing the ball because the last two minutes of the half. It's just on any given play when their back isn't against the wall, when game scripts don't matter. How often are they passing? And Lombardi's a guy that likes to pass a lot. And Eckler was already on pace for 120 targets last year in his nine games that he played with Justin Herbert. In that span, he was the RB10 in 0.5 PPR points per game. Remember, this is a this is a banged up Austin Eckler behind a bad offensive line and probably one of the worst situations in the league. He balled out. They just lost Hunter Henry in free agency. And that's right around that same part of the field that Eckler operates in. Eckler's going to get his out of the backfield. But Eckler has also been lining up in the slot and out wide on a bunch of snaps his entire career and the same thing's been going on with Alvin Kamara that Lombardi Kamara connection we're gonna see Eckler lining up out wide in the slot he's gonna be taking over more of those intermediate behind the first down marker type targets that Hunter Henry was getting last year I know some of you guys are gonna say but he's a running back why do we want him splitting out wide and all that we want these PPR points and on top of that he gets a backfield full of jags you know just the guys they're all they're all pretty much trash and he gets a big 
offensive line upgrade. During Eckler's injury last year, the Chargers trotted out a three-headed monster of Joshua Kelly, Kalen Balazs, and Justin Jackson last year. And they all pretty much sucked. You had Kalen Balazs who got cut. Justin Jackson, he's a satellite back like Eckler. Justin Jackson's actually pretty good. But he's that same mold as Austin Eckler. He's just going to catch passes out of the backfield. He's going to be a change of pace back. And the only guy with the between the tackle size, you know, that grinder type size, Joshua Kelly. He had an awful 3.2 yards per carry. That's a that's a tough look with Justin Herbert in the backfield. So it's a pretty efficient or behind center. So it's a pretty efficient offense. And I don't love to use yards per carry. Yards per carry is like a, a shitty stat, if you want to be honest. But Eckler is in that same situation with a 4.6 yards per carry after getting banged up. Then those big O-line upgrades I was talking about, they go out, they add the number one PFF center in Corey Lindsley, and then they drafted blue chipper Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern. Their offensive line is going to be way, way better this year. They went from having the worst O-line in the NFL last year, according to PFF, to now having the 18th best. They're not a top 10 offensive line, but it's a massive upgrade to what Eckler has been used to in the past. And I'm not saying Eckler is going to be a 20 carries per game back. I think a lot of people have some pause when it comes to Austin Eckler because of that. But I think he's going to, sh- he'll probably hover around that 20 total targets slash carries per game total. And then he's set up to have one of the most efficient years of his career with Justin Herbert throwing deep and having a more efficient high scoring offense and a pass heavy offense. I'm all in on Eckler this year. Got to wipe off the sweat a little bit. I'm going to be honest with you guys. When I'm in these drafts, Eckler is not a guy I have on a ton of teams because I like Austin Eckler, but in underdog drafts, I'm either at the front end of the draft taking like a Saquon Barkley, Dalvin Cook, whatever, or I'm at the back end taking Tyreek Hill coming back around for another wide receiver and then going zero RB. I know a bunch of you guys have seen my underdog fantasy football video, like how to attack best ball drafts. I'll probably put that somewhere, I don't know, in the top right or top left corner. But one of the guys that I love pairing a Saquon, a Dalvin Cook, a Derrick Henry, when you have one of those top five picks is when you come back around, you loop back around. And right around that pick 21 range is where his ADP is at. I love to grab me some Clyde Edwards-Alaire. He's going off the board at the RB15 right now, and I'm loving it. Everyone's got that sour taste in their mouth because CEH disappointed everybody last year. But that's just because the expectations were too high. He had a first-round ADP, which is probably pretty dumb. You know, the fantasy community, we want, we want things. We kind of just... We kind of just speak things into existence. He probably didn't deserve to have, I think he was going like 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th overall in fantasy drafts. And I was one of the guys that was buying into him. But in hindsight, that's that's the type of stuff you, you do for Ezekiel Elliott, his rookie year, Saquon Barkley, his rookie year, top five premium type picks, not 32nd overall Clyde edwards Lair. He probably should have never been pushed up that high. But let's take a deep breath. Do it with me. We don't do fantasy PTSD around these parts. That sour taste that you're that you're that other people are tasting, that should taste sugary sweet. We want that year two value. We want everyone to sour on Clyde Edwards-Alaire because we want to swoop in there and grab him when his price is low. Everyone's just sad because they got burned by Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Look, man, I liked Clyde Edwards-Alaire too. I got burned. I I I would show you guys. I got burn marks from it, and it sucks. But you just have to get over. It. You have to understand his price this year is too good to pass up. He still finished with a thousand scrimmage yards in just 13 games last year. He also really underperformed in the touchdown department. I think a lot of people are overlooking how how crazy how much of like an outlier his season really was from a touchdown perspective. He only scored 5 times on 217 touches, which was a crazy low 2.3% touchdown rate. In the 2 years before Clyde Edwards-Helaire came to Kansas City, Mahomes lead backs have averaged a 7% touchdown rate. And don't tell me that that's just Kareem Hunt being Kareem Hunt and that he's goaded no, Darrell Williams was one of the backs during that year, and he had a higher touchdown rate than Kareem Hunt. 
backs in this offense score touchdowns. If you give him that 7% touchdown rate instead of 2.3 from last year, CEH would have scored 16 touchdowns in 13 games. I, that's a little bit wild. Let's, let's, not, let's not get that far out of bounds because 16 touchdowns would just be an insane season. But that's what we're working with here when, when we're talking about the Chiefs. Let's just do the halfway point between the two. 2.3 and then their seven. You come to, you come to terms with it. 4.65% TD rate. That's about average. That would have given him 11 touchdowns in 13 games. And wait for it. In 0.5 PPR, in points per game, he would have been the RB4 with that touchdown rate. That's what we're talking about here. The volume is already there. It's just the efficiency. And it's not even so much that he played bad. He was 13th in a, a elusive rating on PFF. He wasn't a bad running back. He was just unlucky at the goal line. He was unlucky with touchdowns. It happened. Efficiency is coming for CEH. This is the Chiefs. They're going to score a ton of touchdowns. He's going to run against light boxes. They're going to spread out the safeties and all that because they got to make up for Mahomes, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey. The volume is already there as well. We just have to see that efficiency jump. He was 12th in opportunity share in year one. That's the percentage of RB carries and targets. He had the highest opportunity share of any of the rookie running backs. And as Andy Reid, you know, trusts CEH a little bit more in year two, we're going to see a similar ascension to what we saw with LaShawn McCoy, with Kareem Hunt. That year two jump is very real with these Andy Reid running backs. This is a really good tweet from at Clutch Fantasy. It shows LaShawn McCoy's first season, which he had less yards, less touchdowns, and he would have had less receptions if CEH played a full 16-game season. And then McCoy comes out the next season and melts fucking faces off. In year two, he has 1,600 yards and nine touchdowns. I'm expecting a big jump for CEH in year two in the NFL's best offense. This is the lead back on the Chiefs offense, and nobody seems to give a fuck. I'm telling you guys, he has RB1 overall in his range of outcomes. He's the perfect running back to get in that late second sweet spot. For this last one, I have a confession to make. Please forgive me for my sins, fellas. I cannot stop drafting James Conner. He is my highest owned RB on underdog right now on 24.4% of your boys' teams. And before you call the police get my ass swatted, get my ass in handcuffs in a second. Just hear me out as we're dripping sweat at this point. James Conner is getting drafted at RB38. He's outside the top 100 picks. I'm by no means expecting an RB1 season, but an RB2 season is very much in the range of outcomes. I'm telling you guys, just, just take, a, take a second to take a look at this. Did he underperform in ADP last year? Yes. Was he god awful though? No. I think a lot of people are remembering it a little bit differently than what happened remember the Steelers were a bad offense it was centered around Ben Roethlisberger and pretty soon this is a guy that's going to get subbed off on fourth and longs on Hail Marys because his arm can't throw more than 35 yards he's got Tommy John syndrome he's throwing it from like his fucking hip it's a it's a tough look in that Pittsburgh offense he was he was given a tough a raw deal if you will James Conner even in this bad situation he still performed pretty well before getting hurt in week nine. If you remember, he did hobble off the field in week one. The, the injuries were a problem from literally day one, but from the, the little six game blip where he was actually healthy and playing in these games from weeks two to eight, he was the RB8 in 0.5 PPR points per game with 16.4. That's not bad at all. That's about that Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb range. And over that six week span, he balled out. It wasn't just off touchdowns. He finished with 100 plus yards from scrimmage in four of those games. And the advanced metrics support this as well. Shout out to at DavidZach16 on Twitter. He had this, he has this really cool stat that he put out. Yards created over expected, which just pretty much is what your running back does independent of situation offensive line anything like that and he finished in the top half of the group as one of the plus ev rushers he was a good running back last year between the tackles so is is james connor injury prone sort of probably is he washed up and bad and an awful player 
I don't think so at all. The Cardinals are a prairie situation for him as well. The offense is a massive upgrade. He goes from one of the worst offensive lines in the league to PFF's 11th ranked O-line heading into 2021. And Kingsbury loves to keep things fast as well, man. This is a guy, you know, he's young, he's he's energetic, what, whatever you want to say about Kingsbury, but he runs an insane amount of plays. He's always at the top in league pace and, and plays per minute or whatever, whatever kind of stat you want to run. He likes to call plays quick. He's doing no huddles. He's getting Kyler Murray's little ass up to the line, and he's snapping the football. In this air raid offense, everyone thinks that they just air it out. They were six in run plays in 2020. They like to run the ball, and I like that there's no early down grinders on this team. James Conner's going to come in there right away, be the between-the-tackles goal line guy in a what's going to be a high-powered offense. I know Chase Edmonds is there, but Chase Edmonds is a satellite back. I think that he's going to have his touches. He's going to be just fine, but Conner's going to get the majority of the carries, and he's going to get the majority of the goal line carries in 2021. I love James Conner to kind of produce like, like young Chris Carson. I think he's going to flirt with back-end RB2 numbers, and I really like his price right now on underdog and that's it boys we're about 50 drafts deep on underdog still no promo still no sponsorship but i'm loving these rbs that i'm getting at adp and if you enjoyed go down below make sure you like subscribe and let me know what running back you can't stop drafting at adp on underdog i'm always tweeting out in our discord that you can get on the patreon down below when i'm hopping into these underdog drafts if you want to come play with your boy and remember the rankings the redraft rankings are coming to patreon very soon make sure you follow me at ron stewart underscore on twitter and i'll see you guys in the next one probably gonna go take a shower i'm sweating bullets I'm my nitty bag my kitty boots i got the juice i got the juice channel chat on foolies glad i'm home even my haters kind of glad i'm on rest in peace to my bag up on rapper song singer suspended subpoena from mr me